Hallelujah. Yay. There's no place like home. I've got my ruby slippers on. There's no place like home. <laughs> no, it's so good to be in the house. Lovely to see your beautiful faces. Nice to see your smiling face, Isaac. And uh, it's just so good to be in Brisbane. God is moving powerfully in this city, and I have just been enjoying the worship so much. Who was with us on Friday night? Oh, it was very fun. Hallelujah. So I encourage you, uh, if you haven't ever been to a Friday, come on out and join us. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity to drink and enjoy the glory and the presence of God. Are you happy? Ah, you can be if you're not. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. And that's the truth. He wants to encourage you. He wants to refresh you. He is good and he is faithful. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. So, Father, we give you worship. We say thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. <laughs> Father, tonight we ask that you stretch forth your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and miracles in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Come, Lord. We love you. We bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to say thank you to all our live stream team and Josh out there on the boat. We're saying hello. We love you. (laughs) And uh, why don't you give this team a big hand? We really, really appreciate you and all that you're doing. Uh, We have people, the more I travel, the more I discover how many people are listening to the podcast and are watching around the world, uh, live streaming. So hello, everybody. Uh, It's exciting actually hearing the testimonies. People uh, are writing in, testifying about how they're being healed, uh, listening, how they've been healed, reading the book. Actually, I got some testimonies even this week of people who've just been reading uh, Wilderness to Wonders and the the testimony of healing that as they just received an impartation for faith. And I believe that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, hope, or imagine. And I've just come back from a trip in the US and thank God for his goodness. I just keep getting amazed at his faithfulness. Uh, Tom was with me, which was a blessing, and he turned 50 while we were over there. So, yes, my husband has entered his jubilee year. But um, we went over and we were in Virginia uh, at the 700 Club uh, with Gordon Robinson, CBN, and that was such a privilege And then as a result of that, um, when I went to Texas and everywhere else I was, people had just jumped on trains and in cars and planes and come to the meetings because people are so hungry for hope. They are so desperate to see the real. And uh, so I'm I'm excited. I just got a little Voxer message from a friend, uh, the pastor in Bakersfield where I was last Sunday, and he, he was sending messages to say, uh, you remember that game you played with us? Uh, and I, I was, we went out for lunch on the Monday before we flew home. And I said, oh, we like to play, I like to play this game where we just go around the, the circle and we, we just make declarations about things that be not as though they are. And anyone who knows me well uh, knows that I do that very regularly because I've seen it work. So often, just making declarations about whatever the Holy Spirit drops in 
our hearts because he gives us the desires of our heart and he wants us actually just to come into agreement and make declarations about it and so I was I was encouraging him to do this and uh, so we just went around it was the three of us I'd make declarations like people get out of wheelchairs in our meetings without even anyone laying hands on them and no, so we were just making declarations, and he made a declaration. I have as much favour as Catherine Renala on media. And then he got so excited. He he just I just listened to the message uh, yesterday, saying within three days when he was in Ta- he left the following day uh, to go to Taiwan, and he had just been called in to do an interview on their major TV network, and he said the the game works. I thought, that's so cool, God. And uh, so God is so faithful, isn't he? We can, we can be unashamed in believing that God wants to have more influence than we actually have imagination to come up with. He does. Holy Spirit wants to glorify Christ through every one of us, and he wants you to dream his dreams. And so very exciting. We, I, I've also just received some testimonies about tumors disappearing and... Um, a lady in uh, Grovetown who had had to wear a brace on her back for years and years because of a, a twisted spine was instantly healed. Hallelujah. Doesn't have to wear the brace anymore. Hallelujah. Deaf ear opening and, and many, many other wonderful miracles. Arthritis disappearing and a, someone, a cyst on someone's ovary was healed. And just, you know, God is faithful. He is so faithful. There's nothing impossible for God. And we've got to be people who just are deliberate to not change the subject when it comes to healing. We've got to be deliberate to say, Lord, this is what the Bible says. We're going to keep reading this. We're going to just keep believing it. I've been enjoying, as I've been praying, and I I love to pray the Bible, love to pray the Word of God. I've done a, a CD with just the apostolic prayers and all the prayers in the Bible that I like to pray regularly. Um, but... I love to to pray the word of God. And one of the things I've been praying for a a number of years now, I I pray and I love to pray Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3. I love to pray Philippians, Colossians. But I've also been praying uh, Revelation chapter 3. God give me eyself to see so that I can actually see clearly and not, not just assume that I'm rich and full and have need of nothing. And it's been interesting to watch. In my own life, as I've been praying that, praying Ephesians 1, you know, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. And knowing that anything I ask, you know, according to the will of God I can have, and that these scriptures are absolutely the will of God for my life, I pray it just like this is better than online shopping. Like, yep, have that. Thank you very much. Woohoo. You know, it's like, it's, it's that certain? Like, woohoo. Thank you, God. It's coming my way. I have this. This is, this, is, this is done. And I pray it and I decree it. But as I've consistently prayed this, I have found the Holy Spirit just truly releasing revelation as I read the Bible that challenges some of the long-held beliefs and theologies that I've had. As, and I read, the, I read the Bible and go, I maybe need to rethink that. And it's really healthy. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit is bringing us back to the raw gospel, the very basics of, oh, where we can actually base everything we believe 
on the word of God. And we can find it in there. It's all there. Everything we need. Everything we need according to life and godliness. It's all there. And we can have it. So we want to encourage you to be Bereans. To go after it and, and enjoy the word of God. Pray the Bible. And understand that it's not some Christian obligation to read it. It's actually it's very fun. If you take it, you read it, and then you start to declare it. You start to speak it out. Who enjoyed Emmanuel Raj when he came? Um, you know, he, he, he also sent through a prophetic word for me um, because I asked for, for it. <laughs> Unashamed. <laughs> because this guy had given prophetic words over my life before I was ever preaching. And they were wild words. I mean, it seemed so outrageous, the stuff that he would prophesy. You know, he did it, he prophesied twice um, over a few years. And both times it seemed outrageous because I was not even preaching anywhere. I didn't have a church. I wasn't being invited to preach, nothing. And yet the words that he spoke, when other people would have been like, yeah, yeah, right, you know, okay, that's a bit over the top. But I actually believed it. And I've actually seen it come to pass. And, you know, I believe that if you would begin just to become like a little child and go, okay, yay, hooray, and believe the word of God like that, believe the prophecies, believe, you know, you have to weigh it. You have to, you know, line it up with the will and the purposes of God. But, hey, Believe it when you see it all lining up. When the Bible says you can have it, go, <laughs> And go beyond having it as a, a mental thing that, yeah, that's good. Uh, technically, I understand that. I agree with it. To letting it become a joy in your heart that goes, <laughs> This is so exciting for the world around me. Anyway. Works for me. <laughs> Praise God. I want to share with you tonight, I, I want to begin a, a series on healing. Because I believe the Holy Spirit is awakening people's hearts, just as was prophesied, that we have stepped into a new season where God is going to accelerate us. The acceleration of God is upon us. And the, the glory of his manifested presence and his power is going to be seen in unprecedented ways. When I look at history, church history, and firstly you read the, the Gospels and you read about Jesus and you read the book of Acts and, and you see what's happening. It's so exciting. And he says, Jesus says these words. He says, greater works than these shall they do. I mean, he was referring to the stuff that he was doing. And he did some pretty amazing stuff. Like, that, that's a scripture that just is, is mind-bogglingly good. Greater works than these shall they do. That is, he was talking about me. And he was talking about you. And it's a divine invitation that he's just waiting for you to step into. 
And, but then sadly, throughout church history, you had this high watermark of Jesus. And, and then in the, the book of Acts, you know, people getting healed as Peter's shadow would just walk, as he'd walk past, the shadow would be healing them. And, you know, it was cool and pretty amazing signs and wonders, Jesus walking through walls and like, it was pretty awesome. Hey, amazing stuff. And so we had this high water mark and, and he said, and greater works in these shall they do. But then as you look at church history, there seemed to be a decline. And generationally, people started to forget. And, and human wisdom started to mix in with the words of Jesus. And truth was lost until we actually got down to the dark ages where the word of God was taken out of people's hands and deemed too difficult for the normal person to understand and they no longer had access to it. And it was called the dark ages. But then bit by bit, as you do a quick run through church history, you begin to see the restoration of certain truths, major truths, began to be restored and you can look at people like Wycliffe and you know the 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 truths start to get restored justification by faith where the the truth about baptism the truth about the the baptism of the holy ghost speaking with tongues and and the, some of these basic basic bible truths began to be restored but as you begin to look at it and you do a timeline it, it becomes apparent that there is an incredible acceleration starting to happen. Initially, from the Dark Ages, there was like, you know, a few hundred years and there was a restoration of a major truth. And then a couple of hundred years later, another restoration of another truth. And, and then, I mean, back in the 1700s, people were still struggling with whether or not you could actually know you were saved. There was, there was so many people who, who really hoped maybe... They were the elect, but they weren't really sure. And so nobody could actually claim that they were saved in, in, in large scales. There was lots and lots of basic truths that today we receive uh, so simply, but were restored, began to be restored. But then if you look through the last century, the restoration of truths just began to dramatically increase. That the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the, the speaking in tongues at the, at the Zusa Street and Marawood with Edda and, and then the, the healing movement with John G. Lake, Dowie and, and all these other people, F.F. F. Bosworth and uh, William Branham. And you, you just begin to see, wow, that started to get poured out. And, and then the, the anointing uh, for, for faith and and the move of the Holy Spirit, and then the restoration about the truth of prophecy and, and the apostolic, you start to see, boom, boom, boom. It's no longer taking 200 years for another major truth to be restored. It's happening like, woo, really fast. And then in the last 20 years, we see that you know, there's been such an emphasis on the Father's love being poured out. You know, the Father's heart movement that was really championed uh, in the Toronto outpouring has just been really hammered and people have started to get it and just accept it as a basic truth. God is good and he loves me. <sighs> and it's been solidly said. But then if you look at Ephesians chapter 3, that wonderful apostolic prayer that I also love to pray, Ephesians three fourteen to 21, you can see that 
where, where Paul's encouraging us to pray that we receive strength from the Holy Spirit to know and understand Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith, that we being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend What is the height, the depth, the width, the breadth, the love of God that passes knowledge that we may be filled to overflowing with all the fullness of God? And then it says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, hope or imagine. It's like it's this prophetic roadmap, really. It's, wow, we've we've really been receiving revelation of the Father's love Now, faith works by love and that faith has been so activated that we've stepped into the now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above. We've stepped into greater works than these shall they do. Hallelujah. But, you know, I have a theory when I read things like Isaiah 61 particularly good in the Amplified, where he says, for your former shame, pain and disgrace, I'll give you double recompense. I look at church history and I go, I think that the heart of God was never just to bring us back to the level where Jesus was moving and the apostles in the beginning. I don't think the heart of God was simply just to bring us back. I I think he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above i think he wants to give us double for what we lost what does double what we lost through church history look like it's rather exciting and i see as this acceleration of truth has happened I think we just might be in for some extraordinary Holy Ghost, hold on tight to the Lord because here we go, we're about to enter uncharted waters. Abba. But it's going to require holding tight to him. And he is the word of God. It's a living word. And that means really looking at it and examining it and not basing our beliefs on popular theology, but on what it actually says. So, I say that to say I want to talk to you about the ministry of healing. Hallelujah. As you look at scripture, you know, from the... Old Testament, through the New Testament, it is clearly, abundantly obvious that God is our healer, that it's the will of God to heal. And yet it was not a truth that I knew about um, until in my, my mid-twenties. I, I sort of knew God could heal. I had been healed myself. In fact, when I was 14 years old, I'd had a, um, a bad trampolining accident I think I was 13 or 14 I was in the state titles for trampolining my very first one but I was warming up for my first event and I had a terrible accident and 
broke my arm and the, the bones, the two major bones came through the skin and the blood was everywhere. It was really bad, really bad. Um, and I've still got the scars on my, on my arm where the two bones poked out. And um, I severed a nerve to my thumb. So I couldn't actually bend the top of my thumb by my own will because the nerves weren't connecting. And the specialist said, look, you should be really happy that that's all that's happened. And, um, but then one day I was in a meeting and uh, it was over at Garden City Christian Church, as it was then known. And we had a man called Ralph Wilkerson come in. And he had ministered with Catherine Coleman. And I'd actually done a letterbox drop with the youth group to try and invite people to come. And so we knew, all I knew about the guy was he's American and, and it was going to be good. But during the meeting, he said, put your hand on the part of your body that needs to be healed. So I put my hand on my thumb. And he prayed. And then he said, do something you couldn't do. So I just went, oh, that's cool. Look, Mum. And we went back to the doctor and he said, well, that's a miracle. And so I had an understanding. I knew God did want to heal. I, could, I had it. Wow, he heals. Look at that. My thumb is. Praise God, because I, I stopped pursuing trampolining and took up the piano. That was good, because I became a music teacher. But, and I couldn't have played piano if I couldn't bend my thumb. So I knew God could heal, but I really didn't believe that he necessarily always wanted to. I had this idea that had sort of been communicated to me, just never specifically, but generally you got the understanding because people would use words like the sovereignty of God to help you understand why perhaps you didn't get healed. And it was, it seemed to make sense because, you know, there's poor people who don't get healed. We need to help them feel okay about that. And I understand that. But when I was about 23... I had an encounter with God that completely, completely wrecked me. I was delivered. I was set free. God just did so much work in my life in that year. And I was baptized with the Holy Ghost in fire like I'd never been before. I, I spoke in tongues when I was 14, but I believe I received a baptism of fire when I was about 23. And straight away after that, my heart burned to see miracles. I would go and get everything I could get on the miracle working power of God. I would watch every video that was available. There was a little video bus that used to park up at, at Mount Gravatt. And um, I, had, I had little kids. So once a week I'd go and exchange my videos and get a whole armful of videos. You know, A.A. Allen, Catherine Coleman, anything I could get. John Osteen, anything on healing, because I wanted to see it and I wanted to get a grid for it because I really wasn't seeing much of it in my world. I would hear about uh, Reinhard Bonnke and other people like in Africa or India, I'd hear about miracles, but I wasn't seeing it in my world here in Australia. And I remember one day just 
highlighting this, oh, this real passion in my heart. I was in, just in the shopping center and I saw a, um, a young boy, his mother was pushing him in a wheelchair and he had spina bifida and, and terribly disabled. And I just, my heart broke. I went, it is not right that I can look at that and have so much compassion and yet feel so powerless to do anything. And I, I, I had to go to the restroom and just, because I was sobbing <laughs> there in the bathroom. God, it's not right. You got, I, I'm not okay with this. And so I pressed in and I just, ah, oh, I need to have it. I'd watch Catherine Coleman videos and I'd cry oh, as I'd hear the testimonies. And I began to just say, Lord, we've got to have this. We've got to have this. I need to see this. And then I began to, you know, I'd go to everything that, that even smelt of the Holy Ghost. If there was a meeting on, I would try to get there. And I started to hear, I heard one minister begin to talk about scripturally the will of God for healing. And I just want to go through a few of these scriptures for you. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, probably the first place in scripture we hear about it. The Lord says, I am the Lord who heals you. You know, I've had sickness in my own life and actually had dreams where the Lord has come and sung this over me and I've woken up healed. Where he just, uh, he's, he's been singing, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. It's the word of God. It's him speaking. I am the Lord that heals you. And it's a word you can hold on to. He was declaring, this isn't something I do. This is part of who I am. It's actually one of my names. I am your healer. I am healing. Hallelujah. Psalm 103. David's saying, bless the Lord, O my soul. Remember, we like to tell our souls what to do, not let our souls tell us how to feel. Hey, soul, bless God. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who's he talking to? He's talking to himself. Remember all the benefits of God. Bless God. Hey, get happy. Remember, bless God. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. We can read that and go, yay. But it's actually our invitation to remind our own souls every day. Hey, soul. Hey, sort yourself out. 
I've got some really good news too for you. Hallelujah. Isaiah 53 verse 5. It says, He is despised and rejected of men, the man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. This is who Jesus is. He is, I am. He is, I am the Lord that healeth thee. He is God, our healer. Hallelujah. Then you look in the the New Testament as Jesus is revealed in the flesh. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all. All kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. I read that and I think about, okay, so I've been called to do exceedingly abundantly above greater works than Jesus, yet he healed all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. This is exciting. Maybe, maybe in a little while we're going to be listening to this message and think, Wow, you know, they were still having to establish the truth that they all got healed. Because maybe the greater works are going to be greater signs and wonders than what Jesus was doing. Like, maybe this is just a basic, simple truth that's being restored and that the greater works that we're going to do, if he was healing all kinds of sickness and disease, maybe the greater works are going to look really, really, really amazing. I like to engage my imagination with this. Because he says it. So this is pretty cool. Though, you know, I don't actually read about limbs growing out when Jesus was ministering. And yet it does say he healed all kinds. So that probably happened. uh, Because certain sicknesses and diseases uh, cause that. But I read about people like... Maria Woodwithetta, you could look and you can read some of her um, testimonies and actually secular newspapers documenting creative miracles. There was one man in one of her meetings, and this is back at the turn of last century, who had lost his lower leg in a tree logging accident. And in one of the meetings, the Lord grew out the bone of his leg then grew muscles and sinews and then grew skin and a foot. And it's documented in the secular newspaper because everyone saw it. F.F. Bosworth, there's, a, there's a, a testimony of a lady who had a cancer on her lip that had actually eaten all the way through the skin. So it had dis, you know, she no longer had a lip there and you could see her teeth. Um, because it was all missing and she just was continually having to wear bandages and, and a veil because it was so grotesque because there was no lip there. And in one of his meetings, she was instantly healed and, and people traveled just to see her 
because of the creative miracle of what God had done. So that was, you know, like a hundred years ago. And remember we talked about the acceleration? Oh, anyway. I, I, this, is, this is how I like to um, spend my time. healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria. Interesting. Then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Matthew chapter 12, verse 15. He went into their synagogue and behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that, that they might accuse him? Then he said to them, what man is there among you who has one sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath? Will not lay hold of it and lift it out. Of how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and it was restored as whole as the other. And the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. I look at that and think, this is just a revelation of the heart of God. He's like, uh, why would I not heal him? You know, if someone saw a sheep that had fallen into a pit and they had the capacity to pull them out, of course they do that. How much more value is a man? Like, of course I'm going to heal him. This is the heart of God. Hallelujah. Just a couple more scriptures. Uh, he, he goes on here, verse 15. When Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there when he knew they were plotting against him. And great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. Luke chapter 6, verse 19. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for the power went from him and healed them all. I was in a meeting uh, last year in the U.S. Um, Sid Roth had just recently announced on global television that I was the next Catherine Corman. And so I would go into meetings in the U.S. and people would come and they still, they still just get on planes and come. And, but, but they'd come with their suitcases because they were just like, I have to get there. And they would, they were traveling. There were so many people so hungry to come. And, and when you hear the stories of the trouble that they'd been to to get to the meeting, I'm there going, oh, God. Oh, God. There's pressure. And so many people got amazingly healed. And it was amazing. It was, it's just, I, I get amazed at God. Yet I remember... Um, this time last year and I was seeing so many people get healed but then I'd get so troubled about anyone that didn't get healed it would oh, really bother me and there was a family that came 
and they'd gone to a lot of trouble to come to the meeting and they had a little six-year-old son who'd never spoken a word, never been able to speak. And they were there at every meeting for three days and they got so touched. They were so happy as they left the meeting. God had really ministered to them, but their son wasn't speaking. And I was really upset about it. And I, the following day or next couple of days, I was just in a meeting uh, in L.A. and I was listening to Cindy Jacobs preach. And as much as I love Cindy, I, I don't even remember what she was preaching because I was sitting in my chair thinking about this little boy. And the spirit of intercession just came on me. It was like what had happened when I saw the little boy in the wheelchair with spina bifida. I, I just was, oh, it is not too much to ask, God, that they all get healed. That is not even a big prayer, God. It, that just should be normal. And I just started oh, groaning on the inside. It is not too much to ask that they all get healed. That is not an unreasonable ask. In fact, it's not even like a big stretch of faith. We shouldn't have to be contending to see them all healed. It just should be normal, God. They should all be healed. And I, I just went for it. Oh. And, and I, I, I could feel this, this stirring in my spirit. And the gift of faith started to rise up on the inside of me saying, this is the word of God. They were all healed. There is no biblical precedent, God, that it's some people do and some people don't. This is the way it should be and it's not too much to ask. So anyway, I left the meeting, had a few um, friends with me. And we were going out to the car park. I had to walk a fair distance. But as we got to get in the car, there were four of us. This guy comes bowling up to me and he's walking two large dogs late at night in LA. And he says, pick a number between 1 and 22. I said, um, hi, I'm Catherine. What's your name? I'm thinking to myself, uh, only in LA. He smiles and he says, my name's Michael. Pick a number between 1 and 22. And I said, oh, okay, and I picked a number. He opened a Bible and he read a scripture. And the scripture was, and he healed them all. I was like, oh. That's so, oh, so amazing. And I turned around to try and tell my friends, you, the, you've got to see what just happened. And the guy was gone. He was just gone. And I thought, all right, I'm listening, God. And I believe the Lord was wanting me to encourage me that, hey, you're on the right track here. This is, this is not a big ask. This is not, this is not too much to ask. Hallelujah. F.F. Bosworth says this, faith begins where the will of God is known. When I began to understand that it absolutely is the will of God for us to be healed, 
When I began to look at the scripture and you'd read things like the father coming and saying, if you're willing, you can make my son, you can, you can heal my son or, or, the, or, or the lepers or the, 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 the blind people, if you're willing. And, and Jesus would say, I am willing. It was abundantly clear throughout scripture. He is willing all the time. He is willing to heal them. He never once says, actually, it's better for you to stay sick. He never once said, I know you don't understand, but really, you're going to glorify me in this sickness. So I love you and you're really going to have, you know, this amazing opportunity to grow and learn some stuff through this sickness. He never, ever in scripture says this. And yet we in our human wisdom rationalize circumstances and we try and make up doctrine to fit our experience. I've been tempted to do that even, even as the miracles have been bursting out and so many people are getting healed. When I was getting so troubled about the, the one that didn't, I actually did have to check myself and think, hang on, is my faith resting on my results or resting on who God actually is? And I have to come back to this basics of my faith is built on Christ alone. And when I look at his life, everything else that I build on is sinking sand. I've got to look at the life of Jesus, regardless of circumstances, and say, this is what your life looks like. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me, so this is it. F.F. F. Bosworth has said that. He, his own wife died of tuberculosis. He'd been healed of tuberculosis when he was a teenager. And then his first wife died of tuberculosis. And yet he didn't change the subject. I look at um, Smith Wigglesworth. He had a daughter who was deaf. And people would accuse him in the meetings going, if you really got a healing anointing, why don't you heal your daughter? Why is she using an ear horn? And he'd say, none of your business. <laughs> and just... And just kept on with it because circumstances are irrelevant when it comes to determining belief we can build only on who christ is he's the same yesterday today and forever and that's it i love the prophetic word we heard tonight about not giving up and getting back in the game. You know, God wants so much to encourage you. If you have been challenged in your body with sickness or you've seen someone who, ha who hasn't been healed, let me tell you, the enemy loves to try and challenge you. He loves to, to steal, kill, and destroy. But the very areas that he touches, you can claim double recompense for, and God can turn that into your greatest area of breakthrough. Because that's who he is. I remember the first couple of people I prayed for. I, ha I desperately wanted to see them healed. They both had cancer. It was before I was ever in ministry. But it was the year that God had promised he would launch me out into ministry. And I prayed for both of my dear friends. And they both died. And I went you know what, I really think maybe I don't want to pursue this whole healing thing 
because, and I had all these good reasons. I went, uh, because if I preach that God heals and then people don't get healed, they might actually throw away their whole faith in who you are, God. And so realistically, it's probably more sensible not to go there because it is less controllable. It's less seems to be a little bit more risky. So, you know, my primary focus is souls, God. So, you know, I know you're supposed to preach with demonstrations of the Spirit's power. How about we just do the prophecy thing? Because, you know, it seems a little bit less risky. And I want to give you glory. And I was very sincere. I was very genuine. And I thought my logic made sense. But actually, the moment we start to logically try to twist the gospel we immediately start entering into deception. We have to receive Christ as he is. And he is the Lord that heals us. No matter what our circumstances, God wants to redeem us. He wants to help us understand that though many are the afflictions of the righteous, the Lord delivers him from them all. There is a promise from God that you can anchor your hope and your faith on who he is. And unless we embrace this truth, we are not going to see the fullness of what God wants to manifest. He wants his glory to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And when you look at scripture, the first miracle Jesus did of turning water into wine, the Bible says it was the beginning of the manifestation of his glory. Miracles manifest the glory of God. The glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That has to happen through us believing and releasing the reality of who Christ really is. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. We need to fix our eyes and fix our face like flint. To be undistracted by anything other than the truth of who he is and what the word of God says. Amen. He is faithful. Since that time, I've seen so many people healed of cancer. More than I can actually even remember. I've seen God do exceedingly abundantly above. And it's just the beginning. I've seen so many families saved. Recently, I was in um, the UK earlier this year, and we saw a man completely deaf get his hearing back. But the next night, I was in another place. I called for a deaf ear, and uh, they brought a man that he didn't speak any English. He was completely deaf, and he didn't get healed. He didn't get any form of healing restored, and I was discouraged. But as I was praying for him, I heard the Lord speak to me and say, don't you dare give up. And well, the next night I didn't call for any deaf ears. But the next night after that, I felt a bit convicted and I thought, okay. And I asked, has anyone here got a deaf ear? A lady came out. And she didn't know Jesus at all. She'd been brought along by her friend with her whole family. 
And the Lord just instantly popped her ear open. As a result, her whole family were impacted by the gospel. The next day, they were sending messages saying, this is so amazing. I've seen people, I've seen a lady who was healed of terminal cancer. And as a result, her husband was healed. Her husband was saved as a result, as you would be. You see, God still is touching bodies because that's who he is. He wants to reveal that he is not a sympathizing God. He is a real God. He is love and true love gives. True love doesn't see somebody struggling. It doesn't see a a lamb in a pit and walk past when he can do something. It's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. It's time to pick it up. Hallelujah. To pick up the mantle. Now, just as Elisha picked up the mantle of Elijah and struck the water and said, where is the God of Elijah? He'd asked for a double portion. Jesus said, greater works than these shall they do. You, I would like to tell you, you have been invited to receive a double portion of the mantle of Christ. I think I need to say that again. He says, greater works than these shall they do. There is an invitation available for you to pick up the mantle of Jesus, to recognize that you weren't called to just uh, even just walk in the same level. God is wanting to do exceedingly abundantly above, but he's waiting for somebody to pick it up and say, where is the Lord God of my Messiah, Jesus? Do as you like with that. I know what I'm going to do.